Welcome to Postpartum Empowerment, where our goal is to equip you in your journey to mental wellness through your pregnancy and postpartum season. I'm your host, Samantha Newman, and while I have a passion for this topic, I want to note that I'm not a substitute for medical and psychological care. I'm just a mama who has been where you are now and have a passion for sharing hope and encouragement where I can. Today is another segment of Mama Stories where we gather and share journeys from other mothers that are willing to share their experience of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Sharing with each other is important because when we share, we are able to see that we are not the only ones experiencing difficulty. If you'd like to share your story on the podcast, email me, samantha at samanthamnewman.com. So for Mama Stories today, I have my friend Samantha Glass. I met Sam this past year when she started a boot camp at the gym she owns. I am plus-sized, but she instantly made me feel capable and welcome, which is quite a statement for a plus-sized girl standing in a new gym. (laughs) She has a passion for health and nutrition and is such a genuine soul. She's a wife and mother to two gorgeous little girls, has just started a podcast of her own, which we'll talk about. And I'm so excited for you to get to know her better. So Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, so if you want to start off just by telling us anything you want to tell us about you, but um, I was thinking also what a normal day in your mom life looks like. Yeah, sure. So I uh, run my business with my two girls by my side, although my eldest daughter just started pre-kindy this year. So Uh, It's only been a month of adjusting to that. So on kindy days, we get up, get ready, and then we will drop her at kindy. I go to the gym with my youngest daughter, who's nine months old, and then I'll coach uh, the 9am class, sometimes some other coaching if need be. And then usually back home, I do all my book work when the girls are napping or if I have my eldest girl with me, she will watch the iPad or something like play by herself. And then the afternoon, sometimes back to the gym, sometimes just, yeah, the mum routine of dinner, bath, bed. And for myself, I try to train anywhere in between. If I have a good night's sleep, I'll get up early and do a session around 6am. Otherwise it's just whatever works. And sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. And um, I've loved on your Instagram, how you show that, you know, around that 4pm mark where the kids start to get fussy, you like dance it out with them. I just think that's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. That has definitely been a new thing since having two children that I've had to implement just to get through the afternoon. (laughs) Yes. And that is so essential. I feel like we all need our sanity at that point in the day. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So what were your pregnancies like and how was your first pregnancy and birth different to your second? Yeah, sure. So my first uh, pregnancy, I was extremely fit uh, looking back at it at the time. I didn't realize it, but very, very fit and had a bit of trouble falling pregnant as I was coming off the pill. So there was a few months there where my body was all over the place, but we're very fortunate enough. We did fall with um, my eldest daughter, Hayley, and I had like a textbook pregnancy. Everything was going great. We decided to go with like a private midwife. So in the public system, but you have the same midwife with you all the way and you're admitted as a private patient. So there are a few other little bonuses, I guess. And everything was going great. I got to about 32 weeks and I started to have 
I thought were like contractions, Braxton Hicks kind of thing. And I remember saying to my midwife at the time, Kelly, I said, I feel like my body's changed. Something doesn't feel right, Mm. but everything was okay. It was looking all right. My blood pressure was slowly going up, but because I was so fit and I'd been training all during my pregnancy and I hadn't had much weight gain, I think by this point, maybe like eight kilos or so, she wasn't too concerned. So we kept going and over two weeks, so from 32 weeks to 34 weeks, I just blew out. I gained another 30 kilos, but they, it was all fluid. Like I just blew up. I was so swollen. I started to feel really sick and they were thinking, okay, this is looking like preeclampsia. So we started talking about a cesarean, but Haley was actually breech at this point. Mm. So they were like, let's try an EVC where they turn the baby from the outside. And we had that booked in on Friday see midwife Wednesday I went home that night and at 1am my waters just broke Um, and everyone said it wouldn't be like the movies but I think because I was so swollen and I had so much fluid it literally was like a flood it was a lot and it didn't really slow down so then we just rang our midwife and we were quite calm about it. Looking back on it, I think being a bit naive can sometimes be a positive thing. Yes. But we just um, went up to the hospital, didn't really even take anything. I don't know what I thought. I thought maybe they'd give me like antibiotics and say go home or who knows. And we got up there and they tested and said, yep, it's definitely your amniotic fluid. Um, baby was still breech and they gave me some medication to stop any contractions and then they just said that's looking like you'll probably have to stay in for a while Um, and just your body your baby will be fine your body will keep giving the baby fluid but uh, it's pretty dangerous to be out of hospital without um, with your waters broken Uh, so that was a bit disappointing but then I wasn't aware of it, but the doctors had obviously spoken and they could see things that I was quite sick. I was in and out of like I was awake, but I wasn't really alert as such. And there was a few other symptoms starting to come up. So they decided to do some blood tests. So they took my blood every hour, I think it was. And they started seeing that my liver and kidneys were shutting down. Mm. So they uh, said it was HELP syndrome, which is H-E. LLP, mm-hmm. which is basically like preeclampsia on steroids. I often <laughs> describe it as. I'd never heard of it before. And I think at the time, like 8% of pregnancies around the world get it. So it's not super regular or anything like that. So uh, they just basically said, we've got to get your baby out of you. Like that's the only way we can make sure that you're both okay. So then we started prepping for a cesarean, which I had never even thought of. Mm. I was all for this amazing water birth with the candles and the music and all that. That was my dream. So uh, mentally to prep for like a C-section in about two hours, I think we had to prepare was massive. And I remember my husband, because we were running the gym still, so he would go and run classes and then come up to the hospital and it was pretty crazy for him as well. I often oh my think goodness. 
forget about you the day. Exhausted. Very exhausted. And by this point, it was like Thursday lunchtime. So I've been going for about 12 hours. And they said, try and have a sleep. We'll just get you in there as soon as we can. The uh, pediatrician came in, started talking to us about what to expect when having a premature baby. Again, something I'd never ever considered. So, mm. and then I can't really remember why, but they just, I think maybe they couldn't get me in, or there was another, like a higher level emergency come in. So they actually decided that we would do it the Friday morning. So we'd have Thursday night in hospital and then go in Friday morning. So that was a bit better. I could mentally prepare myself a little bit more and calm things down. It's all a bit of a blur. Oh, yes. So one thing when you have a premature baby is you get steroid injections, which Mm. can help uh, the baby stay nice and strong. And I had two of those, which are are quite painful. I do remember those being painful. And then I took a medication, which was to try and help my body keep going through the surgery. And it makes you taste like you're chewing bolts, like that real metallic. Yeah. Uh, And I got really hot and they did say that that would happen. But then we went into theatre and everything went really well. Hayley came out at five pound, four ounces, so like 2.3 kilos, which they didn't expect for a six-week early baby. Mm-hmm. And she was eight and she was breathing fine. That was probably their main concern was lungs, as apparently that's like the like one of the last things to really develop. Mm-hmm. So breathing was a concern and uh, sucking as well. Oh. So she had a special dummy for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I just remember they were able to put her like cheek to cheek. So I was able to, that's the only skin we got. And then she was taken into uh, special care. Mm-hmm. And Tim and I had agreed, my husband, that he would go with her to special care nursery. And from there, I just remember it was a very odd feeling like, yes, I've just had this baby and then my husband's gone, my baby's gone, but they're like stitching me back up. So that is probably a moment I'll never really forget, just that emptiness kind of feeling. Yeah. And then I got put into a room, but just by myself. So in the public system, it's quite rare to get a room uh, by yourself. So they put me in there and I had a nurse just one-on-one and apparently after help syndrome, that's when your body can really shut down. Mm. So they were monitoring that. Um, everything was starting to kick back up. My blood pressure had to come down. Uh, my liver had to start functioning again. And I wasn't allowed to drink any water. I, I think I was allowed like a medicine cup, like 30 mils of water per hour. And like wow. you probably know, Sam, I drink a lot of water. <laughs> so I was like dying of thirst. I actually remember I said to the nurse who was there, because it was just a two of us, I said, I will give you my car if you let me have a skull <laughs> of the water. Please <laughs> just like, let me have water. Uh, yeah, just anything. Um, so that was the first 24 hours. Wow. And I was just amazed at how quickly my body started to come back. And I put it down to being so healthy during my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Just my blood pressure dropped really quickly. Yeah, kidney, liver, everything started functioning well again. And that's when I really start to remember things. Thank goodness for photos and videos um, that I was getting sent of Haley in special care nursery because I wasn't able to go down there. Mm. 
So I think it was about a day later when Tim convinced one of the special care nurses to bring Haley down to me because she had gone from like an incubator to a big girl crib, they call them. Okay. So uh, they're not really meant to leave the special care nursery, but because she was doing so well, they brought her down to me and I was able to hold her for the first time. Wow. So that was amazing. But again, day I, after. yeah, I was just so sick. I don't really remember it. Mm. And that, that probably breaks me a little bit. Again, I'm just really glad that there's lots of photos and um, things like that because, yeah, I can remember it, but not as clear kind as of I fuzzy. Yeah. So then the next day I got put back onto the ward with all the other mums. And that's probably when my anxiety started to come in. It was very bizarre to be in a room with three other women. I think there was three more. Uh, they all had their babies and I didn't. So I had to walk from my room down to special care, which if anyone's had a Caesar, you'll know <laughs> those first um, few steps in getting up can be challenging. But I was very determined to not use the wheelchair. And that's, I think, just the competitiveness in me coming <laughs> You're so very driven. I, I can person. be very in my fitness. I can be. So yeah, that was um that I would walk down there about every two hours to try and pump and whatever we could give Haley. She still had a feeding tube at this point. Mm -hmm. But I often say I've done a lot of fitness challenges, but the hardest thing I'll have ever done is get my milk supply in at that point because it was very uh, religious with our pumping feeding it was to the minute we had to Special. make sure definitely like yeah it was very challenging but I'm so glad that we did that and she became such a good feeder so that was great I got released from hospital but she stayed in special care and again that's probably where my separate separation anxiety came in leaving hospital without your baby is something I don't think ever, any mum ever envisioned so mm. that was heartbreaking I went home to a nursery and I still had to get up and pump without my little girl there so that was mm. very tough and I could see how much that was even affecting my husband mm -hmm. and he'd been going home like a week by himself at this point so he wasn't allowed to stay overnight uh, but thankfully, she was amazing, started feeding really well, and we got to have some sleepovers. So we got to take her onto the ward and be like all the other mums and babies and just, yeah, start our life as mother and daughter. And we got to go home eight days later, which they had originally told us it would be at least four weeks, um, if not six weeks. So, wow. yeah, we often, like it's all Haley. she was just yeah amazing and so resilient and she's very stubborn yeah, yeah I was gonna say she obviously had her own timeline absolutely for all of it like her arrival and her leaving the absolutely. hospital we often say she came into this world at 100 miles an hour and she hasn't slowed down since. <laughs> if anyone's met it you'll you'll agree with that so yeah so it was a pretty hectic start to parenthood um mm. yeah I guess that began a journey of healing ourselves and our experience that we had gone through yeah and so did that affect the year after that like your postpartum year was that 
Do you think that was harder or do you think because you were finally out of that situation, you were able to appreciate home more and like, what was that like for you? Yeah, I think at the start, I definitely was a lot more appreciative. And Mm. I just remember having this amazing respect for my body and also Mm. all other mums as well. Just thinking how we all not like superheroes, like this is insane like what we our bodies have just done what we've just done so I definitely struggled with allowing myself to say that I birthed Hayley for a long time I would often say like she was born or uh yeah I've just used cesarean it really took me a long time to accept the fact that I did birth her it just wasn't the way that I had originally wanted to mm-hmm. But after some pretty good conversations with other mums and also my midwives, I accepted that. But I didn't really let anyone have Haley, hold Haley near her for quite a while. And I think that really kicked in probably around that six month mark. Um, I started feeling more anxious, especially uh, we had a bit of a routine with sleep and eating. So if she wasn't, you know, in bed at six, I would be very panicking. And if someone asked us to go to lunch, I'd be like, oh, no, sorry, we have nap then. Like I was declining a lot of my life mm-hmm. and just focusing on this little person. And I was almost like I was in a survival mode and mm-hmm. I just like heightened all the time. At the time, I didn't think so. I thought I was handling really well, but it's just now on reflection that I can see that I was definitely just, yeah, doing what I thought was best for my baby. Yeah. Yep. That brings back memories from my first as well. I feel like I just was always so worried about his sleep and he Mm -hmm. wasn't a great sleeper. So that's a haze that whole first year. But I was the same. Like I thought, that everything was normal, you know, like that everyone was like that. Um, until I look back and then I was like, hang on, that probably wasn't quite so normal. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty, isn't it? Always, right? <laughs> so how was your pregnancy with Haley different? Because it was quite different from uh, with Holly. Yeah, so um, I fell pregnant when Haley was 18 months old. So they would have been just over two years apart. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited about that age gap. I definitely knew that there would be challenges having a smaller toddler. Uh, but she was quite independent. And yeah, like I said, she comes into this world and she knows what she wants and she could communicate. So the pregnancy itself was just probably exhausting having a toddler. But I just kept waiting for the worst to happen Mm. and we had a lot more appointments. So we went back with our private midwife and they put me on aspirin straight away and we worked really closely with uh, the medical team at the base, regular blood tests, uh, regular scans because one of the symptoms of preeclampsia or help can be the baby stops growing. We had monthly scans, monthly blood tests, sometimes twice a month. Uh, regular midwife obstetrician appointments and that was really the main thing sometimes there'd be other things if something popped up but because I had no other symptoms with Haley, like protein in my urine heartburn and some of the other things that could pop up I was a bit of like a mystery case I guess you could say so we just had to stay on our toes and again I look back on it and I was very anxious Mm -hmm. every week 
that we got closer, I was just excited but also nervous, um, as especially as we headed up to that 34-week mark. Right. And I look back on it, I'm like, I wish I just enjoyed it a lot more. I wish I really soaked up those moments. The other thing I found really hard is training is my outlet and training has been how I've dealt with everything in my life. Mm. and I had to really cut back my training. I could only do three 30-minute sessions a week, and they had to be very low intensity, mm-hmm. which I was grateful I could do anything, but I definitely didn't make the healthiest choices, and I started to fall back into a lot of habits that I had before I started my fitness journey like eight years ago. So, right. yeah, I gained uh, 27 kilos, and yeah, not all of that was baby, um, didn't train as much. And it was actually a really good pregnancy, like I said, when I look back on it. Um, so up to the end of that, we got to 38 weeks and they said, basically, the choice is yours. Everything's looking perfect. We can book you for a cesarean or if you'd like to try for a VBAC, so a vaginal birth after cesarean. Mm-hmm. And I thought okay, I really want to try a vaginal birth. She was head down, so everything was looking good. And then she went posterior, so like spine on spine. Right. I was getting some really bad back pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at this point, it was also COVID. uh, So we were locked down. (laughs) So it was April, which was right in the mix of it all. So I was going to hospital appointments and the hospital would be like empty. I could only, sometimes Tim wasn't allowed into certain things. It was, yeah, whole new world, right? Mm. So I was getting a bit more anxious. I think that was a little bit, but also things weren't kind of happening. I was getting like these, I thought were contractions, but it, it could have been, or it could have been uh, ir- irritable uterus, I think the midwives were calling it. Okay. And this was going on for like, three weeks and we got to just over 40 weeks and I said I'm, I'm good here I think I'm ready to have this baby now mm-hmm. uh, so we went yeah booked it for the next day and that was really cool to just be like okay you're having a baby tomorrow go home get ready and then we got to come up to the hospital we knew Haley. we only told my mom so she could look after her mm-hmm. and I didn't tell my siblings or anyone all my friends or anything like that I really wanted to surprise people and yeah we got to go in we hung out just Tim and I all day together again this hospital was like only doing uh like emergency procedures so there was like no one around mm-hmm. and it was so yeah it was a really good day actually we had a really great birthing team my private midwife got to come in with me and it was just amazing. Like, yeah, I can't describe being able to hear that cry for the first time. Mm. And they took her to get weighed. And as soon as she was weighed, I just got to have her with me straight oh. away. And it was what just a contrast. Yeah, completely different. Uh, and she ended up being a very big baby. So she was just under four kilos, 20 grams off four kilos. Okay. Yeah, so she looked quite, I felt like she was huge to me <laughs> compared to the little 2.3 kilos. Right. And <laughs> she had, yeah, a really big head as well, they said. So possibly she was trying to, possibly it was contractions and she was trying to drop into that birth canal. But yeah, I don't have, 
a huge uh, hip line, I guess. So possibly she couldn't quite get through. Couldn't quite get there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad with the decision that we made. And I didn't let anyone take her until like day two. Yeah. I just, I slept with her on me, which I know isn't the SID safe, but I wasn't really sleeping anyway. I was and just. And you were at the hospital. It's not yeah, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was just oh, in that's beautiful. Like, natural high, like just mm. all the smell and just skin to skin and, um yeah she was just in a nappy on me for yeah like a full day and it was just yeah amazing I could and now I understand why people go and have more children because after Haley's experience I was like why do people do this like this is so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can understand that <laughs> yeah I remember my mom telling me after she had me that she called all of her friends in the middle of the night to tell them because she was on that natural high too. Yeah, yeah I get it. Like I was FaceTiming everyone and I probably didn't look great, you know, like I had probably hair everywhere and all the tubes and stuff like I'm still in, but I was just. You just yeah. don't care at that point. You've what? got this beautiful little soul, especially after, you know, the contrast you had, it would have been so exciting to share that yeah. with everyone. It was really cool. And like with Haley, I didn't get to see her first nappy be changed. Um, like everyone talked about that first poo, how it'd be quite black and things like that. And I know it sounds a bit silly, but I never got to see that or experience that. So to do all those little things, uh, it's really exciting for me. And only Tim was allowed up to the hospital, so no other visitors. It was a bit of a catch-22 because Haley couldn't come up and meet her, but mm. it was really nice just to have that time as the three of us before we went home to a two-year-old yes. um, who was so excited to meet her sister, but still two. And uh, no, we let grandparents and close, like my brother and sister, come to visit. But other than that, we got to just stay in our newborn bu- bubble for weeks like yeah it was amazing that's so nice yeah so So I know COVID hasn't been great for everyone but for yeah for myself during that hospital experience it was very very nice yeah just to have that um the quiet and the space and not have it be crowded like it Uh, was the first time yeah and like everyone else was on the same rules so there wasn't heaps of family up visiting there wasn't um children everywhere it was just mums babies and dads and uh I personally would nearly make the awards like that so it was really nice yeah how great I'm gonna ask you now what what is it like juggling a business and being a mom full-time with your two little ones I I love it like I couldn't imagine any other way I'm really glad that they don't have to go to care and I'm able to spend those first few years with them but definitely comes with some stresses and as someone yeah who is a bit anxious I have to make sure that I stay on top of my own mental health like training and eating well and things like that Uh, but definitely comes with some challenges I also have to be I often say to myself, you can do it all, Sam, but you can't do it all at once. Mm. So, for example, if there's like a boot camp or something coming up at the gym and I need to put a little bit more energy there, then I'm going to have to ask for some help with the girls. So whether that's from family or uh, friends, things like that. And then once that's finished, okay, the girls might need me back a little bit more. 
And I know a lot of working mums say we need to try and find balance, but for me, balance is a little bit different each week depending what's going on. Uh, but kindy starting this year has been a massive help. And um, Holly also has like two sleeps a day, whereas um, for a while there, Haley was only having one. So I get a few more hours at the moment. I don't know what I'll do when she drops that morning sleep. <laughs> Uh, but my husband's really supportive as well. And yeah, we have lots of help. So that's wonderful. I love what you said about balance looks different from week to week because I, that resonates with me as well. Like starting this writing and podcasting, it does look different every week. Some, some weeks it's busy at home and then some weeks I need, you know, more help there too. So yeah. And I think for moms, the most important thing to remember is you can't do everything some weeks you won't be able to ha- make the most nutritious dinners. It's just going to be quick dinners. But yeah. this week you may not have as much work or and you can be like a bit more energy into that area. So Yeah. Um, at my baby shower with Cody, my oldest, I someone wrote, they passed around a, a notepad and had everyone like write down their best advice. Yeah. And one of them was they listed three things, a clean house, you know, I look good and I'm showered and the kids are well looked after. And then, and then they said, pick two, (laughs) you can pick two of those things. You can't do all three. (laughs) That's always stuck with me. Like, okay, the house is going to be a mess today because I'm going to wear makeup (laughs) or whatever it is for that day. So, and I think that's hard, especially as someone who is a bit more organized or used to living a life in routine. Yes. That would definitely be a learning curve for me is, yeah, sometimes it's okay if there's a bit of mess or yeah. things aren't perfect today. <laughs> yeah, trying to be flexible. It's yeah, good for it. our mental health when we're yeah. flexible. <laughs> so how do you keep your mental health strong on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so uh, training's my first thing. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes I watch a lot of people uh, on social media or other fitness people in the industry and it can be disappointing because I feel like sometimes their message, message is coming across quite harsh. So I just want mums to know that with your baby's eight weeks old, what compared to an eight-year-old, your training and what you can achieve is so different. So my training has adapted uh, over each month. It gets a little bit different, to be honest. So I start with three sessions a week and now I try and hit five or so, but she's nine months old and my body's healing better and things like that. So yeah, I think don't put pressure on yourself, but a little bit of exercise is good. I always just try and do 30 minutes, four or five times a week, ideally. Mm-hmm. And I try, my new year's resolution is also to see friends. Um, as I mentioned, that was probably the first thing that I cut myself off from after having kids. Was it a bit of anxiety or was it that I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people as such I'm not too sure uh, but I'm trying to get better at talking to other friends or women and the gym is a great place for that so even though I own it it's also like my social life as well and one reason why I wanted to start uh, the mummy method which is another business adventure of mine and then I also eating well obviously physically but also that mentally makes me feel good because I know I've done something good for my body that day Mm -hmm. and lately like I mean literally only the last few weeks I've been trying to do some reading or something that I enjoy 
my uh, word for 2021 was like rediscover. I wanted to rediscover a bit of myself and what I enjoy doing mm. uh, because, yeah, sometimes I, it's just work, mum, and, yeah, I can lose a bit of what I actually enjoy doing. Yeah, that's so important. Um, that's mm-hmm. part of my journey too. I, I went to a counsellor after realising that I struggled with postnatal depression and one of the things she asked me was, what do you enjoy doing? And I listed all these things and she said, how many of those things do you do every week? And I was just like, uh, none of them. <laughs> and she said, that's what we need to change. And that kind of started my whole journey of like, okay, I am allowed to do these things that I enjoy and I have to, I have to make time for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found the the same thing. I'm glad you're making time for that. Yeah. That's and so I, again, it's like such a journey because you become a mom and you think that a good mom only dedicates themselves to their children. And it's taken me a long time and a lot of internal work to realize that to be a good mom, I need to be good to myself as well. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, honoring what you enjoy and not feeling guilty and not, um, and then you're not also resentful towards other people or maybe your partner specifically if they go and do something they enjoy because you're both filling your cups up and you have that uh, mutual respect for each other as well. Yeah. I love that. That is really good for us all to be reminded of. (laughs) Okay. So if you were to have a cup of coffee with one of the moms listening, what would you want to say to her? I would say definitely, yeah, just what we just basically touched on. Still try and keep a bit of you, but know that you're going to change. You have to. You can't be the woman you were before kids. You're going to go through, you're being birthed as a mother. You're going to go through some changes and I'm not sure about yourself, Sam, but like for me, I feel like I went through a change after Haley, and then another change after Holly. And I'm sure if I was to have another baby, I would have to change again. But uh, yeah, just accept that you're going to change, but still try and find a bit of you in that. Mm. And be aware that yes, your children will need you. But I think something that got me off guard is how much I would need them. And I think a lot of people make these plans, like I'm going to have babies, I'm going to do this, this and this. And then you have this little person who's like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't go leave them. And um, which is totally fine. You don't have to. Yeah. It's okay to want to be with your children as well. Yeah. yeah I love that. Cause I think um, there is this kind of culture of like, let me just get away from my kids, but um, we need each other. Like they need us and, and we do need to have that time with them too. Definitely. Okay. And so before we sign off, you've got to tell us more about your podcast and the mummy method. We want to hear more about that. Sure. Thank you for allowing me to share. So the mummy method is basically come about from my own experience using health and fitness as a basis. Um, and it'll have three pillars. So one being health and fitness, one being parenting or motherhood and one being self growth, uh, which will be like a program, a support system, which will allow women to connect to each other. And each day we may have different conversations. So one day might be about teething and then the next day might be about kidney drop-offs and then it might be try this workout or this family dish. Um, Just trying to cover all three of those areas, Mm. but allowing women just to feel safe and supported. And like I said, just have somewhere where they can say, you know what, my kids being a bit of a, bit of a troublemaker today and no one's going to be like oh you're a bad mom for saying that like being like okay you're allowed to feel that 
and also not constantly getting advice like especially with things like sleep or feeding I feel like people will bring it up and then everyone's sharing their experience or advice Mm -hmm. and sometimes a mum just needs to like vent yes um, a mixture between advice and venting Um, but then also that'll stem into the podcast where I will get like fitness professionals health professionals midwives anyone um, who's happy to share their journey uh, where we can yeah talk to mums and kind of use each other as inspiration and again support and educate each other wonderful and so can you tell us where we can find the mummy method on your socials Yes, so we are on Instagram at the moment. If you just um, search the Mummy Method, and I've just started the Facebook. So again, the Mummy Method. Um, Instagram is the dot mummy dot method, and yeah, Facebook's just the Mummy Method. Um, and, and my first for my up, American friends, that's M U M M Y. True, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, hopefully the first podcast episode will be out in the next week or so. Lovely. That is so exciting. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for sharing your story today and um, about your new business adventure. I know a lot of our listeners are going to find so much encouragement through what you've shared and relate to what you've said. Um, so I'll put a link to Sam's new podcast and all of her socials in the show notes for you so that it's easy to find. And friends, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Postpartum Empowerment. Now go forth knowing that you are not alone.